Welcome to a Christian podcast. We are not professionals. We are not scripted. We are just perfect, sinful, struggling Christians on our pursuit to truth. The views on the topics discussed are not those of any affiliation tied to the podcast or external persons involved. They are solely the views of the individuals. Welcome to another episode of A Christian Podcast. Today I'm here with a friend. We're going to be talking about feminism and Christianity. I don't know if you wanted your name mentioned, so I said a friend. You can mention your name if you'd like. Um, and I guess whatever you feel comfortable with, if that's to do with like your religious background and or your schooling or your uh, job or whatever. Okay, my name's Tina Omart. I was raised in the church. Uh, my dad is a pastor. I went to Christian college, so pretty conservative church background, uh, Midwest, Missouri. And after college, I moved to Ohio, worked at a Catholic nonprofit, um, and now I work at a um, private all-girls school here in Cleveland. In today's society, if, if Jesus wants us to get his word across and show his love and save people's souls to go to heaven, I think by people using pretty much one certain verse in the Bible to say that women are to be quiet and sit down and not be leaders of men. I I think that that's, that can cause someone not to come to God, not come to Christ. And I think that's something that we definitely need to bring up because it's a very true thing. I mean, I, like, um, yeah, I was like, like when I got here, I, I, I told you about that and you're like, yeah, you, like, I don't blame them. And it's, 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 it's true. I mean, like I wouldn't, if this was any other thing, if it wasn't a, a, a gender thing, if this was a race thing, I would feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not outraged by a gender thing and you're outraged by a race thing, or if you're not outraged by anything, you're, that's outrageous. But <laughs> if, if you can't see that, like, like why would I join as a Hispanic, join a religion that says Hispanics aren't equal to, to other people. It, it, to me, it makes no sense at all. And it's the farthest thing from, I believe, what God, God intended. So, I, I mean, I've been, I can tell you a ton of things where there's been racism in church, but mm-hmm. I can't tell you how it felt. I mean, I've heard definitely things talking about women as like lesser than, um, for sure, in church, but I don't know how that affects and how that makes me feel. I mean, I know how it makes me feel, but if I was a woman, I would, it would feel differently. So I guess that's why I'm one just curious about you. So I think that I've had a pretty easy life when it comes to, like I, ha- I don't have any crazy sexist examples of, um, of feeling, um, I don't know, less than in the church. I think that um, there's some churches that say it outright, like the church that you um, that you were part of. And that makes me so angry to hear. Like, I like have a visceral reaction when I hear that. Um, but I've been around churches much more that would never say it in their words, but it's the DNA. And, and it's not always like DNA that they know. They realize it's there because it's run by men and so they don't pick up on it and so they just like keep like they don't notice they and they're not asking like do you feel 
do you feel equal or do you feel um, valued? Like, do you feel valued as much as um, as a man or a male leader in this church? I think I remember the first time I was ever aware of it was when I was pretty pretty little and like any um, good Christian family. We watched um, a lot of Seventh Heaven in my house, which is this TV show that um, it was a pastor's family, and they also had a big family. And um, and one of the daughters in the family decided she wanted to be a pastor. And then the next week, I told my mom, I was like probably six or seven. I told my mom I wanted to be a pastor, and she kind of had to be like, um, no you can't do that <laughs> like and I, I didn't understand like and I and I go back and forth I think that throughout my life I've done a lot of um I don't know it's it's all a journey of figuring out what you believe and that changes sometimes and so I accepted that for a long time and um and I don't like I don't know just in the past few years is when I've really um started changing changing even that perspective. The, I grew up a lot in the, um, you know, women are valuable, they just can't, you know, they can't be the lead preacher. And I don't know that I have like a specific feeling or stance on that. I'm still unsure because if I'm a Christian, I'm saying I'm following God and I'm believing God. And if God says something, then I have to accept it, even though it does mean like, maybe that means, well, I would never want to lead a church anyway, but like, maybe that means a woman can't do that. But I, I lean towards, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what God says. I don't think that's what the Bible says. Um, but I always want to keep in mind, like, it's not about me and it's not about whether or not I can do it. It's about God. And so I have to follow God's commands. Um, but like you said, that doesn't feel real good. <laughs> like if, if, yeah, like no one in my church would ever say, oh, you're not worthy. It's just, oh, men were made for this and women were made for this. And for whatever reason, yeah, women can't be preachers. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know why God might have thought that, the complementarian kind of uh, perspective. The way that people are raised, the way women are raised compared to guys that are raised. Like I was raised my entire life as a man to, to, to not look for anybody for help, that no one was ever going to help me that I had to provide for myself and provide for my family when I had a family. It could be a cultural thing too, because I'm, I'm a his Hispanic guy. So like the arras is a thing that I know about. Mm -hmm. So like, um, but like from perspective, I can't speak to, to firsthand, but it seems like a woman is raised with being like, you have to find Mr. Right. You have to find a good person with a good job to provide. And, and so like, I feel like men, and women not take advantage of those situations all the time. But I feel I see that a ton where like there's abusive husbands and either like physically abusive, mentally abusive or emotionally abusive husbands who put fear in their wife's hearts and minds to be like, you need me because you can't survive mm -hmm. without me. And I feel like she can't argue because she was raised with that same mindset. So like, it's one of those where it, it to me, it's like, it's a scary thing because if a woman doesn't have enough confidence in herself to, I guess like know that she can be okay without depending on a man, um, that's scary. And, and then when I think about religion in this, this aspect, I think of 
I don't know. Like I, like I said, I can't talk firsthand because I'm, I'm not a woman. But if I were a woman, this would be something that the perspective that I could see is like, if I'm so nervous about life and so fearful about life to be on my own and, and think that I can't trust myself to survive, would it possibly be that way in God? Like, mm. if God is telling me to be a leader, like if I really feel Him, He gave me some gifts to be God, to be a leader of people. Um, but I've been told my whole life that women are not meant to be leaders. Like, I, I feel like that could be enough for me to doubt my gifts that God has, has given me. Um, and I, I just think that like, I mean, there's tons of like, and people say, oh, like, like you, you can be, you can be like, you can be helpful in church, but you can't be like, like a, a preacher or deacon or a leader or whatever. But then when you like, is it uh, Phoebe, um, like who was a part of Paul's church? She was a deacon. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of like, it feels like that's a leader. Like, it feels like if you're calling someone a deacon, and, and, and even when, when, when Paul says, like, like when he writes a church and it's like, there's these men going and these women going, take care of them because they've helped me spread the word of God. Mm-hmm. Why do you personally think that this could be an issue that can cause people to not want to know that God, our God. I think, I think some of it goes to personal experience. And since I've been in church my whole life, I know all of the arguments for and against and um, using personal experience as a, um, or how much you should use personal experience in um, in making decisions because we all have different experiences. We all, it, I can hear the professors going down that road in my head, but, um, but I think that it's that moment of like, no, like, but I am an important person and why am I less important than you? Like, like, honestly, I've had friends that I worked with that I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to invite you to church because I think you'd get offended because I get offended sometimes. Like, well, and not in a good way. Like, sometimes you should be offended by, like, like, oh, man, that really got to me and I need to change my ways. Like, that's, like, good offended at church. But then there's also, like, oh, where's all the women? Or, like, or like that pendulum swing of, like, um, you know, there's a lot of people that feel like the church is very feminine. Um, in America that it's like the women do everything and like there's not like we need men's men in the church and they're they're absent from the church and I don't I don't know enough about it to know one way or the other Um, but I know that an approach that's happened is for the church to man up and so they put more men on stage and they do like and and I see that and I'm like no sorry the world is like that like I need a place where I'm valued because I'm a woman and not like, oh, there's too many girls at church. We need some more boys like that. And and that's a like, well, I mean, I'm not well, a no, I man mean, in the church, so I don't know. I mean, like, I think, I mean, I've just seen and I'm not like, this is my honest opinion on these things. Um, that could be wrong, could be wrong, but this is my own personal opinion on these things. But... I have found much more women to be in touch with God and to have a true relationship with God than to have men. And I think a lot of it is most men go into religion for 
certain things. And I think women, from what I've seen, go through go to religion for other certain things. And I think that's when when I think it's I think it goes back to the saying where like it's it's easier for for a camel to get through an eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that it's necessarily he's talking about money. He's talking about like like being fortunate and and misfortunate because mm-hmm. when you're unfortunate like i believe you know the need of god like you really want to know that peace of god and and so like i feel like and for this may be the case but i feel women because the world treats them like garbage like from a guy's perspective i can see that like in because they treat them like garbage, they want peace. Like they, they want love. They, they want this fulfillment that only God can give them, and they go to God. But when the majority of guys, when they go to church and religion, and at the minute when I first went, first started going to church, even though I was raised in a church, when I started going to churches, like I went to meet girls. Mm-hmm. So like I mean I think that most guys do that, but most guys don't get anything else out of it or else people you know, like like the same with like there, there's there and there's the sucks like you can't judge someone's heart only they know their heart so like when i see pastors i see a lot of pastors with the same mentality of how i believe most cops become an authoritative figure mm-hmm. is because they want something they can be in control of mm-hmm. christian men get nervous with the thought of women leaders and because like and women in authority because they've used the scare tactic of like you need me and i'm better like you have to come to me for answers and or or else you're going to walk away from me if like i think a guy i think most people are afraid that they have nothing to offer a woman than fear of like being with me and so like i truly believe that because i've seen i've seen that abusive ridiculous abusive power being used in church and out of church but it's ridiculous that i've seen that in church where like people want the like people to rely on them it seems like women go go to god for the actual like purpose of going to god mm-hmm. is to find peace and understanding and and to get like to feel get fulfillment in in life and try to understand that to and, feel valued like yeah. and i can speak to certainly like the the not just the frustration but like the heartbreak of like going to God because like that like because he offers all of these things that he really like fulfillment and feeling valued and feeling loved and then going into the church and not feeling those things and like what do you do with that like God says to be like we know we need community like and and like it's it's distinctly in my mind like something that I've been struggling with like Yes, I'm so thankful for my relationship with God right now. Um, I don't feel like the church looks enough like God in some of those things. Like, and I think that people from a variety of situations could say that. Christianity and feminism were like created, they birthed each other. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was the most inclusive religion of the time and it still should be, but it's not anymore. Like people... Depending on where you're at, people are like, "Oh, you're you're gay. You can't come into this church. Mm-hmm. Or you're a feminist. We don't want you here. Mm-hmm. You want to be a leader? No, not here. Mm-hmm. Like 
all these like ridiculous things that like why would you not welcome someone who wants to change or is it thinking about it mm -hmm. the possibility of change like repentance change like within like the actual definitions of, of, of to repent to get a new mind a new new heart to new to turn <laughs> to change like that's repenting and so like it's yeah to, to me to me it's like there's nothing more frustrating than seeing like like even when martin luther king like he had to deal with the same thing with racism like he was mm. pleading with the churches of the south to be like you should be teaching more of your bible mm -hmm. because they would see that racism is not a part of like this church because like kkk supposedly started as like a christian organization mm. so like i mean it's one of those where like what kind of screwed up mindset says that like oh like they're a different race no they're they're not good mm -hmm. or like they're 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 a woman no we don't want those here like uh, it's, it's just kind of frustrating i guess yeah in christianity we do like the bible is the word of god and i and i um have the ultimate respect for that and when we don't know we should go to what god says in the bible um but also like it's easy to get too ra so wrapped up in like the words of the bible and like the explicit and not like see the big picture or be like okay what does that mean in our context because we automatically we pick and choose what things like i don't like this verse that says women aren't allowed to have authority over men and so i'm not i'm not gonna follow it but if somebody says i can't think of another example but there's other things where i'm like no the bible says it we're gonna follow that exactly i'm super guilty of that um so we already are picking and choosing what we follow um even after our best intention but but it's about the trajectory like the bible and the early church set this trajectory of like the liberation of women from the um from the patriarchal society that women were valued that were they were the first witnesses to um to jesus resurrection they were among jesus disciples mary magdalene's talked about in the bible like the disciples like this this was unheard of in the day and age and we read the bible now and we're like well they were sexist well yeah because the whole culture was sexist everyone was sexist and women had no value like very little value and but christianity started this trajectory of no everyone has value the samaritan has value the woman has value the slave has value um and kind of set this whole new direction of um actually liberation might be a, a controversial word to use too if we get into liberation theology stuff but um but i think like bringing the world back to right, right relationships like from the fall okay so in first timothy um two nine through twelve Okay, um, so I also want women to dress modestly with decent and, uh, and propriety, not with braided hair or gold pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn to learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. People have used that verse. To say that women cannot be leaders. I think that it's important to know the context of this. I mean, I think that people don't realize that, like, the religion at the time, the most, the biggest 
church in in Ephesia <laughs> or Ephesus, Ephesus um, like was a church that was um, of the goddess Diana. A lot of pop culture people will actually know who the story, what the story is, because Wonder Woman is based off of her. Mm-hmm. So um, everything you, you if you've seen the Wonder Woman uh, movie, that, then you know that the Amazonian women um, and also Diana was was a was a, a sister and a brother, but the sister was born first. It's the exact opposite of what like people argue for the Christian faith who are like chauvinists. They're like, well, the man was born first, so he was more important. In in their religion, like the woman was born first, so she was the important one. The guy didn't really matter. It's the opposite of what pretty much modern world has thought <laughs> chauvinistic people have thought about about women. Um, so like as much as we, like, so, so like I have a feeling that like this place, the biggest biggest temple, it was one of the wonders of the world, I believe, because it was so huge. It's, it was a religion that said that they can get men to do whatever they want by the things that women can get men to do, like what they want by their their like by their attractiveness and being dressing very seductively. Um, and because, like, I mean, like, guys, yeah, guys will fall for that stuff. I mean, I think the the Bible even warns us about like, be careful about like, girls' eyelashes. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's just one of those where, like, I mean, I think that, like, God knew the heart of man, and that the heart of man, like, is in all of, of of a woman. So, like, I think that that's that's why. But like, so, so I think that's part of why I think Paul is telling Timothy this. He started a church in. A place that the most popular religion, most popular God, is is the worship of this this woman who believes that guys aren't important, and they also they can get their way by being very like um, dress very s- seductively, and um, and then you can get what you want by by batting your eyelashes. And so, like, I think um, I, th- I think when you think about this stuff, I think that. It's a culture where women weren't used to, like, having men or thinking men had anything important to say. And so, like, I think when he's saying that he does not allow women to to, to preach and to teach or to interrupt the, the congregation, pretty much, I think there's a reason. I mean, I think that, like, obviously this is a new church. This is when religion was first there. So, like, I think when there's a young man... I mean, I think everyone knows that he was a very young preacher who was in charge of this church. Um, I think that he could be taken advantage pretty easily by women who of the time could have been like, oh, I'm going to interrupt this and prophesy because I'm a woman and no one tells me what to do because I'm a woman. And so it's just like, it's almost the exact opposite of what we think of today. So it's like almost like... Yeah. Um, it feels like the, the pendulum swing. Like, because I definitely have heard, like, women today saying that type of thing. You know, like, the, I mean, I have tons of respect for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but I don't, her quote that says the Supreme Court's going to be best when there's nine female justices, I don't think that that's the answer. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the answer is some balance if we can figure it out. You know, like it's not all women and it's not all men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what that makes me think of. But but yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, I think this verse, I mean, I think if you take the Bible, 
I mean, like, if you don't do research in the Bible of translations and and mm-hmm. different the cultural, I mean, like, the Bible is the word of God. Don't get me wrong; it's the word of God. I believe it one hundred percent to be true. But understanding the actual words and understanding where it came from and what it meant and being able to discern, like, because like this was a letter. He's obviously answering questions. Mm-hmm. Or he's given answers to questions that we don't know the questions to. Right, right. So, like, and he says at the end of this where he he's writing this letter because he plans to be there. And if he's delayed, that's why he's sending this letter. So, these were things that he needed to, like, that needed to have attention now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interrupt your train no, of thinking. No. But I've heard... So I hadn't heard... Um, I mean, I'm familiar with some of the, like, goddess worship... And the so much worship in that culture came through like acts of sex, like prosti- temple prostitutes, all of those things. Like that was the culture that that the early Christians were in. Um, but I had kind of, and I am not a, I don't know enough about the the culture there to know how exactly it worked. But I'd kind of heard differently that it was a culture that was so saturated with patriarchy, like that. The men did all everything, made all of the decisions. That for for women to even be in worship was a big deal. For women to be able to say anything in worship was a big deal, and um, and I don't know if it was like they'd just gotten crazy with this new freedom or or what. Um, but that but Paul's like they they need to they need to back off a little bit because the whole world's gonna be it's it's this isn't how. Or our orderly worship isn't working out. They're take it's take it's being about them instead of about God. Um, I'd, I'd kind of heard it differently, and even the my I have an old NIV, so that's the 1984 NIV and not the updated one. And so some of the translation, of, like using the word silent, I don't think the new NIV uses the word silent because it's the word quiet. Like you said, translation is is different. Um, so the idea of like having authority over men, it was just so countercultural that the the there would have been like a rebellion in the city. I was talking this to one of my friends and she was saying how she can see where women shouldn't have leadership roles because when they do talk and stuff they're they're crazy. And I was just telling her, I was like, Well, like let's just take this. Let's just say this odd situ- like like let's just say this is a hypothetical thing even though I think it's totally real <laughs> um, so let's just say that you are told your whole life that you have to be quiet and you have to submit and that you're less than the people who do talk up they've snapped mm-hmm. like it, like they've you haven't heard me when I've done it the right way so yeah. to speak all of the time so let me get in your face and like be violent about it or be like whatever and maybe you're gonna hear me then it, so it's one of those where, like, I mean, I think that people, like, that's their, and the thing is, like, that's that's what sucks. I mean, that, like, I've seen that even, even like, uh, r- like, culture, I mean, with race, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's, it's, like, even with, like, poverty and stuff, like, people, like, I've used this, I've used this to try to explain perspective to pastors who didn't, like, who have said some racist things and were like, well, like, well, well, like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I've heard a pastor say this, but I heard a pastor in his office I talked to, and he was saying that, like, well... Like, I don't get how minorities have been here for so long and haven't prospered. 
And I was like, dude, like I've heard that line on American History X. Like that's ridiculous that you're a pastor of people. Um, but, um, but like I mean, I feel like, I mean, like like people don't, like if if I if I tell, and this is like human, it's human actuality, reality. If you tell someone that, if you tell someone they're a dog long enough, they're gonna bite you. And mm-hmm. so like if you tell someone they're a piece of garbage and that they're worthless and they're like just a thug if society looks at you like a thug more than likely you're going to give in to that and you're going to become a thug i mean i feel like that that's the same way with and like and then like like i mean like we've seen what the so how many riots that we've seen happen because like they've been like we're trying to be quiet. We're trying to, like, survive, and these cops keep messing with us. Mm-hmm. And it's been, like, shown to be, like, cops purposely mess with minorities to, tr- to try to, like, to like they're like, well, like, those that, that um, like, the ex-Boston cop that was an ex-Marine who was on the Joe Rogan show that was saying that that they, they, they trained their cops, that they, they trained them to, if they were, if they were low on, like, like arrest and and things that they had to give out they would go into like the bad neighborhoods and arrest people on just the way they looked like mm-hmm. like oh like that person probably has drugs on them that probably, probably has guns on them like mm-hmm. why wasn't he doing that to the people in the suburbs mm-hmm. like but I feel like that, I mean so like I mean it's always people who <laughs> you gotta ask yourself the question why are people in, in an outburst why are people angry like what mm-hmm. caused them to get mm-hmm. to that point? It's not like like oh they outburst they're terrible people, um, like it's like why why what why in this situation in this world why why are they outbursting, and, and people don't do that people don't take the time to, to get the perspective of that they automatically assume like like oh like the, like that woman just started speaking and she's burning bras and hating men but why mm-hmm. like what why is she like that like obviously she has some real issues that affected her extremely bad mm-hmm. like what are those issues mm-hmm. like like it's not like she was just like it, it's funny because like like i think that's when you get like people who think uh feminism they think of angry women they think of people mm-hmm. like women who are just like hate men like we don't need men like men are terrible like and, like it's just like in like the whole like burning bra stuff which i know like that's, that's cool i don't bras are dumb anyway um but um yeah i mean like i think that it sucks because like we get fed what we want to be fed so like i mean especially within like the news and everything like that we get the result like we don't get the what was the build-up to the result mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so i think that people like uh, people lack perspective completely in the world and the lack or the ability to try to understand the perspective of a ton of things um and like even with like women roles and stuff it's just like 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 feminism and christianity shouldn't even be an issue like it shouldn't be a a taboo word like christians help start the 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 word the phrase to get Mm -hmm. women to be able to vote Mm -hmm. and so like having equal rights and like people saying like i think the idea is thinking that men are superior Mm -hmm. i think i think that's like the goes down to like Mm -hmm. why it's it's an issue like if if you're in if you're in a leadership role if you think that you're superior to anybody else then you haven't read read matthew when jesus says he's ahead and you're all below me so like Mm -hmm. i mean 
and he was saying that to the Pharisees. So he was saying that to the, the, the leaders and the pastors of the time. Like, he's like, you guys shouldn't be calling yourself teachers. Like, no one should call themselves a teacher. Like, I'm the teacher. <laughs> and so, like, I'm the Lord. Like, no one should be calling anybody Lord but me. Um, yeah, the, there's a phrase at my, at my church that um, they've used to talk about some of this stuff. Um, my church is definitely um, not perfect, but I, there's a lot of, you know, like any church, there's a lot of good things and there's things that are areas of growth. Um, but one way that, um, that they talk about it at my church out of a sermon about um, relationships was the submission competition. Like in Christ, we should be like competing who can be more submissive to the needs of somebody else. Like, so that idea of like, Nobody's superior to anybody. Nobody, like, it shouldn't be about who's taking the lead. It should be about how you can empower, how you can submit to somebody else, um, to somebody else's needs, mm-hmm. um, and put them before your own. It's funny, there's a, I don't even think it was even a religious uh, thing, but it was a relationship um, survey they did for the happiest, uh, happiest relationships of marriages. And they're saying... It was very Christian based, uh, but like they saw which which couples were the happiest and asked them what they thought about the other person. Um, and the people that were the happiest, and it was very very Christian, very religious, very Christian. Like, is they all of them said like a hundred percent of them said that were happy in the relationship said that they think their partner is better than them. And so, like, I mean, I think that. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because, like, in my mind, I'm like, women are better than me, for sure. Like, like, like I know, like, I'm ridiculously, I'm not a good person. Um, and that's not, it doesn't even before I'm even married. <laughs> like, so, like, it's just me in general. Um, but, like, I mean, I also think that most, most men are better than me. So it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that that goes to, to show kind of the, the attitude you're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if Jesus washes the feet of the disciples, and so, like, I mean, I think that that should show us plenty of, like, the hu- humility and kind of thinking of, like, well, even Paul himself, the guy who wrote the controversial thing, like, his the first first book he wrote, he was just like, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an apostle. Like, I'm just kind of, like, with some clout and just being like, well, like, kind of, to me, a little egotistical. And then, mm-hmm. You go to his, like, the last book he wrote, and he's, like, pretty much just said, like, I'm the worst person I know. Pretty much everyone I know is better than me. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, like, that, I think that's the growth of a Christian. And I think if you're not at that point, like, I mean, I think you're constantly, if you're constantly growing in Christ, and if you're constantly repenting, I don't think that we get to a point where we, like, we stop repenting. And, like, we stop growing. Mm-hmm. We stop learning we stop like understanding things. And I think that's that goes to the point of like how you were um, say, saying earlier, and I totally agree, like a woman's perspective and a man's perspective is needed in order to see the bigger picture of God, almost like the the, the, the Trinity thing. I, I believe that to be with like even partnerships in, in, um, in Christ, like even um, why it's important to, to go to churches or get to know like a, 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 the community of God because like, like like in like in Job when when it's a like 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 true wisdom has two sides. I mean I think that like that has not even with issues, just with issues. But I think that with with God, like say the like the the picture of God, and I've always thought this. And so like my perspective of God 
could be different than yours. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't make your perspective false or mine false. Mm -hmm. It just shows like the complexity and bigness of God. So like if if I if I think of God as like a, like a righteous person, the person who has smited all my enemies and and is just like a glorious defender of me. And to you, God is this love and he's held me and he's taken care of me. He's both those things. Mm-hmm. Like and so like I mean I think it's 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 important to and C.S. Lewis writes about this kind of thing too, where he says <laughs> I'm a, a C.S. Lewis fan. Mm-hmm. Um but like like he he writes about, about one of his friends dying and he's like they like because he because he died we lost certain parts of him that that like we won't understand because like he talks about his his other friend he's like his friend can make him laugh and we'll never hear our dead friends laugh the way that he was able to make him laugh hmm. and and so like i mean like and i think that's like the church body why it's important is like Knowing, I mean, that's why I think, I mean, like, I have, a, I have a unique perspective on church. So I don't want to get into that too much. But, like, I think there should be discussion in church. I don't think that it should just be, like, a pastor talking about a thing and sitting there and listening. I think it should be very active. I think mm-hmm. I think 13 people or more or whatever, or what, like, just say, like, random number. 20 people talking about church, talking about God, talking about, like, what God has been doing in, in their life. And... And like who God is to them can be very revealing of who God can be to you. Mm-hmm. And so like, I mean, and I think those are chances to get to grow and like get to know God fuller and more, more of God. We will never understand the fullness of God ever, but maybe until we meet him. But like, I think that's a way to do it. And I think that's why we find peace in that that kind of stuff. If we do it right, I mean, I think that if we go to church just to hear one guy talk and go home and not do anything, I think that's why small groups and stuff like that are so important within right. churches, is to get that, like, community, but not only community to be like, oh, let me tell you about God, how awesome God is, but also, like, to hear the other people's stories about how awesome God is. And, mm-hmm. um, but Yeah. I was getting these weird things. Sorry, like I start with like <laughs> I'm always like feminism, and then I'm like, where did I end up? I ended up here somehow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's all good. It's yeah. not. Uh, but um, so I guess we can probably wrap soon, unless you have something. something I'm else? Trying to remember if there were any like bullet points. Oh, um, so one of the things I was been reading. So I've read a few books. Um, on this most recently i've been reading well i read jesus feminist by sarah bessie and a year of biblical fem uh a year of biblical womanhood by rachel held evans um and um, rachel held evans in her book talks about um well and, and sarah bessie does too proverbs 31 it's this this uh chapter of the bible and it talks about like this ideal woman and um and I don't think about it a lot. Um, I mean, maybe I used to. 
Um, but it's kind of like the church is like, oh, you're a Proverbs, you know, and women like hold this standard and there's like a bag, the P31 or Proverbs 31. There's like all, every woman's ministry everywhere is Proverbs 31. Like every, it's like this verse that tells you how to be a good woman. I mean, a lot of it is like, and and she is, she's amazing. She's running a household. She's running a farm. She's running a family. Like she's making money, all of this awesome stuff. It's really like, it's, it's great stuff. It's, unattainable not realistic really um and and just a lot of the things that i've been reading um but i think that one of the things that um inspires some contention like among women is like this competition like is there are women supposed to stay home and watch the babies or are women supposed to be out there working one's right one has to be right and the other has to be wrong like and and it's complicated when you know as a single woman in the church with no kids like oh, am I not a, like, am I not following God's calling for my life because I'm not married and raising children right now? Like, what does that mean for my value as a Christian? And um, and so there's just all of these layers that go into this, this Proverbs 31 passage that is, like, held up by Christian women as, like, this is what you should be. Um, and it because nobody can achieve it, it also comes with, like, some shame. Like, um, and, and I haven't held very strongly to to it for a long time. It's not something I've put a lot of stock uh, thought into since I left small Bible college world. Um, but, um, in, um, there were a couple points that I thought were, um, well, one main one that I thought was fascinating when I was reading what Rachel Held Evans, um, learned in her experience of trying to be the Proverbs 31 woman when she was doing her year of biblical womanhood. Um, and it was a couple things. She was talking with a woman, Orthodox Jewish woman in like Israel, and just trying to understand kind of the, the Jewish woman's perspective to understand better what and what someone in the Bible day would have thought about Proverbs 31. And, um, and first of all, like women, make it a checklist Christian women and like it's what we give to each other and we compare each other to um but in Jewish culture that isn't what it is it was almost like a well it's written by a man and it's like a man exalting his wife like look at all of these amazing things she does she's just amazing like it was never a checklist it was like a celebration and um and then the other thing is that um a better translation of a lot of um, of the, the Hebrew phrase that they use, um, uh, some of call it like a good woman or a woman of righteous something or other or content or all of these good things. Um, but, a, a more, what, what's lost on an American reader is some of the, the military terms that are actually in it, the Hebrew military terms. And so a good translation of the phrase is actually a woman of valor. And so um, she talks about how she starts, like, using that in her, like, she calls her friends that accomplish something, like, woman of valor, like, you passed the bar and now you're a lawyer, you're a woman of valor. And so using that phrase, not as like a, oh, you had a baby, you know, like, you did these things that the Bible, the church from the 1950s tells you you have to do. No, you did this amazing thing because you're a woman and God made you to do this, like, to do this job. Like, he wanted, you know, you're now a lawyer. And so using that in... um, in like everyday life I think is a really beautiful like celebration of like I don't know my female friends like here's my like 
it's great to be a woman like little pitch that because like sometimes it doesn't it doesn't always feel that way um there's a I did an exercise with um with this diversity group that I'm a part of uh, for professional development for my job this year um and we split up now I'm going off on a tangent a little bit I'm Okay. <laughs> we split up into into different groups based on categories we fell into, and we filled out the sheet, and we talked about you know what category you fall into for gender, for race, for generation, for religion, this whole all of these classifications, and then we just picked a couple and we split off into the groups. And the first one we did was group of women and group of men, and we had to, um, and each group was tasked with making a list of things that. Um, they wanted people to know about their gender and then a list of things they never wanted to hear said about their gender again. And it was so interesting to hear the lists of both of those genders. And so much of it for the women was like, like, do you know that I'm capable? Do you know, like it was, we want people to know that we're capable. We want people to know that, um, that we're important, we want people, and, it, and it's all these things. And for men, it was the, their list was a little bit more defensive. We don't want to know, we don't want to be told this, or we don't want, we don't want to hear that. I, I wish I could remember the specific list, but it was just this eye-opening moment of like, women um, need to, a lot of times, like, when we're saying I am strong, it's a reminder for yourself, like for myself, as much as like I'm telling you that I'm strong and I don't need your help. It's like no, I'm capable. Like it is uh, an affirmation of ourself almost. And so like beca- because the world often doesn't say those things, um, at least this is my interpretation and what I remember from like this experience. And so I think of like declaring and reminding, and and I think that. You know, it'd be great to say, oh, men of valor, too, you know, like to use that comparison, like for other Christians in our lives as a reminder of like, that's an amazing thing that God made you to do. It didn't necessarily have anything to do with your gender, or maybe it did, but um, just an, a celebration of um, who, what we can all accomplish, who we are, um, and just like the strength that comes with who God created us to be. Um, so that like, even this morning I was reading that little section last night and I was at this, actually this thing for this diversity group this morning where we were doing all of this brainstorming and working on this project together. And some of the, the one of the other ladies who's like, a, a executive at a bank downtown, she had this great idea. And in my head, I thought woman of valor. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I can't say that out loud. I'll be real weird. But, but that's what I thought because she's super awesome. And like, I want her to be like my professional mentor, but, um, but I think that's such a cool way to affirm and celebrate, like, the strength um, that we have as women, Christian women specifically, in that it doesn't just always fit into one box of, um, of what a Christian woman looks like. There's a lot of different things that a Christian woman could look like. Mm-hmm. So that's my really long last thought <laughs> <laughs> speech. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for being hanging out uh, let me come over and hang out at your place and um record this podcast um yeah thanks hopefully. for inviting me yeah inviting yeah me. Uh, inviting me to be part of it inviting me here to my house <laughs> <laughs> uh, um but yeah hopefully um this is i mean the whole idea for this whole podcast is to kind of get 
thoughts going to think about other perspectives and possibilities of other things. So if this is a hot issue for you, I mean, I feel that you should do some research. And if this sparks any kind of uh, interest in like, oh, I never heard that or like, I don't believe that or whatever, like dig into it. That's what it's for. So, I mean, I think that you'll be delighted or disappointed <laughs> on your viewpoint of uh if you do more research, so... Um, but either way, good for you for doing the research yeah. and having an open mind on it. Yeah, as long as you have an open mind <laughs> and can come to God and be like, well, God, I know that your ways may not be my ways, mm-hmm. but they are the correct ways. So I hope that you can do that, or if you... Uh, or I hope that you do, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully this podcast on uh, feminism and Christianity was helpful. And hopefully it will help people to understand that, like, anti-women in the church is never meant to be Christianity. Christianity is very pro-women. The Bible is full of women who have uh, took control and stuff, even though there's a verse that is, I think, taken out of context a lot that is used. Um, But, yeah. Thanks for listening, and um, hopefully you listen to another one. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to A Christian Podcast. It is our prayer that you will find comfort and intimacy with Jesus Christ. Dive into scripture, ask questions, fall in love with the truth that is in Christ.